Hey, this is Chase Barber. And I'm Jordan Willie. We're two blue-collar boys doing some blue-collar interviews. All right, welcome to Blue Collar Interviews. This one is going to be a bit more of an Edison Motors podcast, but we went over on the one, our trip to China. Now it's Edison Motors development in uh, Vegas. Con Expo. Con Expo. Oh my God, Con Expo was sweet. 10 out of 10 would go again. I, uh, I'm very... Oh, 9 out of 10. Super... I gave China a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Con Expo is a 9 out of 10. Con Expo is sweet. Las Vegas itself sucks. Oh, my God. Las Vegas is a shithole. But that's a that's whole other side. That's an interesting take. Okay, we can get into that. I'm, I'm, I just have to say right off the bat, I'm really pissed I didn't go. I know I should have. As soon as the first TikTok hit, I was like, what an idiot. I should be there. But you should have went. I know, I know, I know. But yeah. honestly, honestly, I, I, the show really only needs to be three days. Yeah, how long is it? Isn't it like five? If five, five like four and a half days of that show. It's it's too much Vegas. Honestly, n- see, I was on the other side after like four or five days. Like, I guess at the fifth day, we'd kind of seen everything. But like by day four, I'm like, I need another day. I still haven't seen the things I really want to see. Like we were going, basically, we went hard up until like the last hour of the show. It, yeah, you know? it was definitely a lot of walking. When I say you can't walk, the entire show in like a small amount of time it's it's just the expanse of the show is insane see that that's my thing what that scares me is i for a young guy plays a decent amount of sports still i have terrible back and knees like i can't walk that long like i don't think i I can can do do it you can do it okay but my knees are like one of my knees is like shot bad need surgery and then my back's really bad too because like ah, i have my poor little chopstick legs hold up my entire body (laughs) Yeah, Ted, Ted skips leg day. I mean, we probably did like easily fifteen to twenty k of walking per day. Oh my! It, see, it, yeah, it, <laughs> and and a lot of it was we would be in one hall like on the second floor, and then we'd have to go talk to somebody in the building over on the bottom floor. Then we'd have to go back to where we were. Then we'd have to turn around and go to the bathroom, then find water, then go talk to somebody else, walk around. I don't even think we got out of the one building for the first two and a half days. Yeah, two and a half days, we didn't even leave one single building. Like, it was basically day three afternoon by the time we even got out of that building. Okay, I got a question for both of you. Um, okay, don't don't get in a fight over this. I just want to know if it happened. Did any of you have, like, a dramatic moment where it's just like, this is too much? Like, did Ted have one where he's like, I'm done walking. I'm sitting here. I'm not going anywhere for a bit, like. So it's uh, really, really good for like, I could tell Ted was hurting. Like you could tell it. It was honestly, it was the bottoms of my, the balls of my heels. That was the only thing that I was having issues with, but the walking I was able to do. And, and the closest I came to that was when we went to the flow drawlics, uh, happy hour. And I sat down and I just didn't want to get up. (laughs) Didn't want to go elsewhere. Done. Um, that went both ways, though, Ted. Like, did Chase have any moments where he was just running around confused and just done? No. I mean, we were just, like, we were going. Hello? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm there. Damn it. Ted there? Dropped Ted. Oh. No, I I honestly did really good at this. I don't think I got overwhelmed or angry once, which is... 
I I'm didn't getting... think that, but like, hey, you, you, we've we've got our moments. It happens. Oh no, so I definitely like... got overwhelmed and angry in China, like at least like three, four times, where I'm like, fuck, I just want some food. It's not fucking Chinese food. See, I believe that I should have asked that with Ethereum, but I I don't know. We were just flowing on that one. So, freakouts. We got over the freakouts. Okay, let's get into Con Expo. Like first day, what was it like overwhelmingly yeah, awesome? Might as well do a chronological order. So I got yeah. there after Chase. So Chase will have you were there Tuesday, correct? Yeah. Um. And yeah, I got in Tuesday morning. Okay, that was a long ass fucking day. So I worked uh the full day in the shop on Monday. Got up at like six a.m. Five. Actually, I got up at five a.m. Started working at six, and worked all the way till like five six o'clock. Took Courtney out for dinner, and then I had to catch a flight leaving Vancouver at like. Basically, one o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Had to yeah, I remember. For yep. midnight and like got to the airport, like grabbed like a two hour nap and then immediately like got on this flight, flew off to Vegas, landed at Vegas in like eight o'clock in the morning and immediately like got to the Airbnb, checked into the, checked in, went to Connex and then just, yeah, first day, the show was bigger than I thought. Ed got there. We went to bed. Bigger than you thought. Hold up, hold up, hold up. It's huge on Facebook. Yeah, there's there's so much around it. It seems huge. It's bigger than huge. If it's... you walk, if you started at one end and walked all the way to the other end, I think where the cranes were, you'd probably be walking for about an hour. Hour and a half. Hour and a half. I've done it. All the way from the one side of the cranes to the other side, like the South Hall is an hour and a half walk. The, like how the much best... real estate do they take up? Uh, yes, <laughs> like just all, all of it. Yes, all of it. <laughs> yes, how much it, real estate like, do they I take knew up? it was yeah. big, and people are like, "You can't see the whole thing in like four days, five days." I'm like, "That's you, you, you literally like." So the first day we get there, right? Or Chase was there the first day, and you know we go to bed, whatever. After I pick him up, and the next day we get there and we see all these people on power scooters, and we're laughing. The next day you see more and more people on power scooters by the third or fourth day like almost everybody was on power scooters man okay i was just gonna say would we be bad to just bring a bunch of scooters there yeah no that's definitely like i understood the scooter by the end of it like you need to move around quick to be able to see everything like like i said that first day i walked around for like four or five hours i'm like okay i think i've seen everything like i've walked around this whole building and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay, hey, it's big. It's huge. I definitely, like, walked hard for, like, four or five hours. But I think I got a good handle on most of it. I haven't seen everything in the building. But I got most of it. And then they're like, oh, this is only building one of five. And this is the small building. Oh, dang. Like, and the, wor- the worst part is just trying to find water and, like, the basic needs of humanity. We have to go to a vending machine and pay four dollars for a bottle of water. You have to use a water fountain that barely works. Like that was like they honestly. Don't, they, they don't have food stands and food trucks. They do, but they're. Do you want to walk an hour to go to the area where those are? And they I won't don't. fucking take. They don't take cash, and my credit cards didn't work in the U.S. Oh my god! Oh, sorry, I only have a business debit card. So like, I had the business debit card and my own personal debit card because I lost my credit card in china and my replacement hadn't gotten in in time so i had no credit card so the only way i could pay for things with debit debit doesn't work in the u.s and none of the places inside the building to buy food and water took cash so i'm just like oh 
Oh, Jordan, you should have you should have seen when he went to pay for something and they took his card. Oh, just grumpy. Yeah, no, no, this fucking bitch tried to steal my credit card. Like, you paid for the meal. I pull out my uh, my credit card to go pay for it. That was the first night. That was the first night at the um, the Korean barbecue. So she just takes it. Yeah, and then just tries to walk off. And I'm like, fuck this. And I'm like, no, Chase, in America, it's fine. They steal your stuff. They spend your money, and the bank gives it back. They don't do yeah. that in Canada. Um, if you willingly hand your credit card over to somebody, like so we you don't just get rad, rad to her. So the problem is oh, in the yeah, states, I, I right? It out. Like, I'm like, no. You bring the card machine over to my phone, or I'm coming with you to the card thing. And I'm like, I'm not letting you take my card. Yeah, fair, fair. So yeah, so we, there's more. Well, like, so three hundred thousand dollars on that Edison Motors card. Like, I'm not letting somebody grab that card that has that. Mm-hmm. And then no, having to fair. deal with banking issues later. Like, fuck that. Yeah. So what was it? We went to a Korean barbecue, right? And, like, we're trying to order it up, and they're bringing stuff out. And we're getting, like, the bare minimum of everything. And we're starting to notice this. And Chase is like, what the fuck is going on here? And, like, they keep switching out our grill because we keep burning our stuff. And then we look over to the people behind us. They have, like, a full spread of, like, sauces and all this stuff and vegetables. And we're over here. And they're literally just bringing us meat. Mm-hmm. Like, it, keep in mind, this is a Korean barbecue, and everybody else in here is Korean. The language is is in Korean on the menu, and like mm-hmm. there was English too, but like half the menu was in the Korean side. And you're like, okay, this is very authentic Korean. Everybody else has got veggies, sauces. We're just eating like raw slabs of meat slapped onto a grill on the table. Like, oh, they brought us it? butter. They brought <laughs> us butter. Oh, dang. But yeah, um, it's uh, we so should probably just, skip to day two because that's when it starts actually getting interesting. Okay, go for it. So we go back the to the Airbnb and then went to sleep. Went to sleep, yes, and then we went back. Okay, yeah, we Ubered the first day back, right? Yes. Okay, yes. It was the third day that we walked. Oh Jesus. Uh yeah, but remember day two? Um day one, like uh day two we met with the flow drawlic people. And day two was about meeting suppliers. So all the suppliers for our truck components. We went around and we toured and we met with all of them. Dan Foss, Editron, the Flowdraulic, the Hydraulic Companies, um, Building Imaginations or something like that, whatever it is. Uh, We met the owner of the company. We met all the, the main employees of these. So... We really got to learn who our suppliers were, meet face to face, things like all of the uh, all the components, and that's what was crazy about the show is that if you want to build an electric truck, there are so many components for absolutely everything in there: hydraulics, electric over hydraulics, anything that you want for a vocational truck that's electric is at this show, which is really ironic because if you go downstairs below. It's like Kenworth Peterbilt, and they did not have a single electric truck. Mm-hmm. They, okay, so yeah, Kenworth does have that electric truck, so they, they weren't like advertising that at Con Expo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think they were no, comfortable to they, bring that there. And it's not <laughs> a vocational truck. It's a, uh, their body jobs, like for UPS delivery is what they put for chassis on those things because they yeah. only do. And like we asked them, and they're like, yeah, uh, there is no way that electric will be able to meet the needs of vocational uh, customers. Their power demand is just too high. It kills the battery too quick. 
their days are too long. Light city mail delivery is about all that electric is really good for at this point. Like that's straight up all the salesmen from these big companies telling us that. Yeah. Dude, they don't have a they don't have a choice though. Like like what it is is someone in this company or or like Kenworth or Packard said, I want you guys to make an electric truck. And everybody knows it's just not feasible for them to do it, but they they have to do something. Mm-hmm. Or hide um, did you talk to any people like you weren't linked up with and they were like, Oh shit, like Edison Mowers, like they knew exactly what was going but there, on. There was a lot oh. who did know and there was a lot of salesmen and reps that we made feel very uncomfortable. Really? Oh yeah. Because we well, asked what? questions, like we were digging into stuff and like deep, like people that didn't know us and that weren't related to the project, what we're doing, like we were in there like asking the questions because they're used to just showboating everything off. Like, Oh yeah, this is our electric truck and here's the battery and you turn it on. It doesn't make any noise. And we're like, Oh, what's the battery capacity? What size wires are you using? How is the range? Does it overheat? Does it run good? How are you going to charge it? Mm-hmm. And they were just not ready for that. Oh boy, no, I'll let Chase take this. Well, not Chase. <laughs> like the uh, oh, what was it? The it trans- was actually, and then a lot of people actually like, not even from the trucks who knew us, like just other parts suppliers, which was really weird. We would walk into the uh, booths, and different power companies were like. Oh my God, you're the Edison Motors guy. Or it would take them a minute and they'd be like, Oh my God, hold on, you're Edison Motors. We've been wanting, we were hoping we could connect with you at this show and stop by our booth. And we have all these different, like the one company's like, We have these products that would be perfect for your log and truck application. I don't um, think we could go more than a booth and a half without somebody recognizing either Chase or myself. And I will tell you what, it was very weird the first time actually uh, going to an event or doing something with somebody. It was recognized as much or more than me because that's never happened before. I was like, really? It was kind of funny. They would either walk up to me and be like, hey, the Edison Motors guy, right? Oh, my God. It's a, are you heavy hauling fool? Or they'd come up and be like, it's heavy hauling fool. And then they'd do a double take. Wait, is it the Edison Motors guy, too? <laughs> like, was yeah. like, oh, my God. Like They would see one of us and they're like, oh, my God. Like To be fair, though. And like I'm where I don't want to like oh feel like a celebrity getting recognized. That is literally a show for cutting edge vocational vehicles. That yeah. is like the Edison Motors target demographic. People are gonna know me there. That is the wheelhouse for sure. It was insane. It was. Did you get any salesman at Kenworth or anything? Be like, hey, uh, you, need, you need help with sales? I'll, I'll come on over. Not not quite with help with sales, <laughs> but even at the Vegas airport, I was getting out of the airport and a guy came out to me. We were standing in line for like the rides leaving the airport and he's like, hold on, are are you the, uh, you're the Edison Motors guy, right? Uh, you made that video about the broke down Kenworth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I did. He's like, I'm actually with Kenworth and part of the, uh, I've moved into this division, but originally i was in the electrification like the electric side he's like your video has spread around and it caused so much grief yeah i bet it did though because your video called out like so they're they're making that truck and they're you know people reporting to their bosses those bosses reporting those bosses everyone's just pencil whipping stuff and making it sound like everything's okay and nothing bad's happening and then your video comes out and just completely contradicts that and shows a real-life situation yeah. that nobody can deny. And it just screwed up 
the entire program of people trying to cover everyone's butts. Hundred mm-hmm. I mean, percent. That's exactly how that stuff goes. Everyone kind of downplays everything, so nobody gets in trouble. And then, boom! Here's Chase's video. Yeah. Well, speaking like, of what that, are the odds that the first electric truck that Kenworth sends into BC happens to be broke down on the road? when three of the directors from Edison Motors happened to be driving past it and notice it. It was an opportunistic, like, that was an opportunity, like, you just couldn't pass up. It, how, how did you notice it was the electric? Because it just looks like a normal T300, like, or was it pretty clear it was the electric? Uh, I was uh, driving and I looked over and I noticed the high voltage cables coming out of the back, uh, underneath the cap, back of the cab for the... They're bright orange, and everything else yeah. is black and white, and these giant bright orange lines stuck out. I'm like, I'm like, is was that the electric Kenworth? And I literally U-turned to go back there. Yeah, and, I bet. Uh, I'm like, shit, we gotta get so, over there. It's a side note: at the Con Expo, I was playing defense for Chase because every time we came across an electrically powered truck, he would crawl underneath it, and I would immediately kind of walk out and make sure no one came up to tell him to get out. And if they did, I would just start talking and asking questions to kind of defer him so that he could keep looking. Spying. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, um, no. He, so it was funny. I had another question. There. Oh, geez, what was it? Um, Detroit, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, like with your video calling out Kenworth there, I, I could see the same thing happening with that Detroit video. I've had a few people mention that to me already. Like, dang, you guys went after them. Oh, I did. And you know what was the funniest thing about that video? Is like I was talking to the salesman and he's telling me about all the features and like asking, like, oh, well, like, how uh, pretty new? I'm like, what's your lead time on parts? Like, forget re- replacing parts. He's like, oh, we actually don't sell any replacement parts. We just re and re the whole transmission. I'm like, what? And I just like yeah. start asking questions, like, oh, that's interesting. How come you do that? Like, playing ignorant. And he's like, we just found it's quicker to just re and re a transmission. If the people just come back here, buy a new transmission, we'll re and re it for them. It's just easier. It's quicker. Yeah, yeah. Give me the wholesale. I'm like, well, what if somebody like does want to fix it? And they're like, you can't. It's actually got special uh, needs special components. It was designed to need special components in order to fix it. I'm like, well, like there's tools for that. And he's like, oh, that would probably cost like three, three and a half million dollars to buy those special tools. Like there's a few fleets that do do it because they're so large. But Mm -hmm. other than that, it's just, it's not economically feasible, but he he goes on. It's just so easy for us to unbolt it, bolt a new one on. And it's only $40,000 every time you do it. And like, he didn't say that, but I asked him like, how much is that transmission? And he's like, I think it's about 40,000. That's us. So $60,000 Canadian. Mm. Which I, I do. Sorry. Go ahead, Ted. You gotta look at some of these kids coming into the industry, even like the diesel techs. Like, if they can't plug into it with a plug, and the computer can't tell them what's wrong with it, they don't know how to. The days of like taking something apart and diagnosing it piece by piece is becoming a lost art. Well, it, it's actually funny that we like you know we always talk about it, making things easy to work on. Like, because I'm not the best mechanic ever. Some like I hire a guy to work on my diesels when I need help, but the older stuff I can make way with and i got an older truck the other day and it was a 1980 f-150 i wanted to work on it but i was like oh you know i don't really have time i'll just get someone to do it and somebody who knows what they're doing called shops they didn't even want to work on the old stuff which is easier to work on 
So I was with my buddy Alex, and he was just like, "Man, like, do it yourself. Like, you bought your old truck, do it yourself." I'm like, I I don't know motors that well. Go go try but to like, find a, go try to find a shop that has a sniffer. That's a thing they put in the tailpipe so that they can adjust the carburetor. I, I doubt yeah, you can no find there's no sniffers one. kicking around anymore. But no, like I just we me and him just started working on. It. I was like, yeah, like it was a fuel pump. I'm like, okay, like there's the pump, there's the inline, there's the car. Like we just started getting it. Twenty minutes, no, probably probably forty minutes later, it's running, and just like, okay, like wow, like so much easier so easy to work on like i hate that they've gone so far away from this that now it's we don't even want to we don't even want to do it for you like yeah crazy how don't we want you to rebuild it my chevy traverse has a, a like freaking high pressure fuel pump like a diesel and it's a gasoline car and it's insane they have to achieve these stupid pressures in order to get this direct injected emissions and all this stuff and hey it's just insane the amount of like technology that is driving these things now. Yeah. Oh, it well, is. Am I still in here? Yeah, you're still here. Sorry. Okay. You just got cut off there. <laughs> Get cut off. Oh, no. But but that brings up but that brings up another good point at the Con Expo is there was really there was three kinds of companies. You had the big companies that were just so big they do whatever the fuck they want. And then you had a lot of these guys that broke off from these companies and developed something cool, like that guy with that transmission deal, uh, with the electromagnetic um engagers for the clutches or whatever you remember that yeah yeah that's you had people like that and then you also have the people with all this proprietary stuff that are pushing to get their proprietary stuff on your stuff so that they can be the ones that make money mm. yeah no that's fair it's, that's fair uh, it's interesting and it's, it's funny the different ways between like like you say those big company salesmen like the oh that poor detroit guy when i launched into that video like <laughs> Was he just like, was he just in the background there just watching you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. I did. well, I did it in front of him, eh? Like I made yeah. that whole video with like the three guys, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like he finishes, I'm like, oh, that's all right. I gotta gonna head out here, I guess. But he's like, oh, I'm like, first I'm just like, and I like pull up my phone. He's like, oh, he's like, you want a selfie in front of the transmission? I can take your picture in front of him. I'm like, no, no. I was actually gonna make a TikTok about this uh, transmission. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Right on. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, and by the time I finished that TikTok, all four of those salesmen had left the Detroit booth and like went for like it was vacant for so long. And then and then we made the video where I was at the Detroit desk sitting on the chair because they had all vacated. I was like, Hi, welcome to Detroit. How can we not help you? Yeah, exactly. That was a funny thing. Like they literally left their booth. Like they had four or five people there. You and Sam it, it was like, it was bad. Me and Chase were like making these people question why they even do what they do for their pay. And like <laughs> the, the best one of the best ones was the Western Star uh, vocational truck, and it's like a, a vac truck or something. So the hood opens and then the grill stays put, and it has a little uh, like a little latch on the side of the driver's side front of the hood that you open up. And it's like an inspection port. You can see your coolant and all the basic stuff. And you can you can see the oil dipstick, but you can't pull it out. <laughs> yeah. And, and we went over and we're like, what's that little thing on the hood for? He's like, oh, that's in case you have like a snow plow or a, a, whatever on the front of your truck and you can't open the hood without dropping it. You can just lift that little hatch and check all your fluids. And then we walk over and they're like, well, then how come you can't pull the dipstick out or see anything? He's like, huh, that's a good point. 
<laughs> All you can literally do is check the coolant. That's it. Yeah, that's that, like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, how did they not think about? But these but things? the worst part is it didn't even have like a little gas cylinder on it. So when you unlatch it, like the the latches were too far apart to do with one hand. So you have to use one hand for each latch, and then oh, you have to hold it up with your other one, hand. If you don't hold the latch up, it relocks itself automatically. So you have to open oh, both of them with both hands. Should I, yeah. should I, I should post that video. I have it in my drafts. I just, uh, after we actually talked to the guy, like, so that was the thing is like some of these interactions yielded a positive result. Are they actually going to take what we suggested up the chain? I don't know. But if they don't, they're ignorant because it's just like, all they well, had to do was rotate, all they, they had to do is rotate the oil dipstick. Like what did we say? 30 degrees towards the front. And you could pull the son of a bitch out and check the oil. You should have just bent it then and there. Just bend it over. It was physically bolted in. If they had to put like six washers in between that bolt, it would have been at the right angle. Like it because didn't the, the because the like assholes two. that buy these trucks, like they don't think about that stuff. They're bean counters. They go look at them. They're like, oh yeah, that's a neat feature. And then they put a memo out. Hey guys, we know you can't open the hood, but you should be able to check everything from this port. I know it's just like oh my god uh, and i like i do like that idea like you know like some dozers and stuff they have a little inspection port and it is just coolant and oil there and a big hand honestly it so would do just, it right at this point in our in our civilization like they would be better off just to do like what mercedes started doing in the late 90s just put a dang sensor in the oil pan that tells you when you're low yeah that's great like i had i had a little mercedes car like like you said and i know they do it with their bigger trucks too but like yeah just just uh, oil sensor and like I mean, why, why everything well. else is electronic now i mean it just makes sense like why why won't they do that it's just be more information they can send through the because computer. they want to run the truck out of oil and then we'll drop a liner score a liner and have to do a rebuild or buy a new truck well that if it's detroit not uh damaging their engine and they don't want you to not damage their engine yeah they it's, want it's... you to destroy it oh it's just Oh, those poor salesmen. I <laughs> I still feel bad for that. Guy. The like, the oh, other no. one too, because we found out. So we we were checking out a Western Star, and Sandy flat out broke. He was like pointing out like these are Mercedes switches, and I'm starting to look around. I'm like, that's right. Daimler Mercedes bought Freightliner and owns Western Star, and so the, what they did is they took a Cascadia and put a Western Star hood on it. And I'm talking to the guy, and he's sitting there trying to tell me how it's different. And I'm like, you can literally take this door off of the Western Star and put it on a Cascadia. And then yeah. he, he's answering, he's like, well, no, they're, they're different bolts. <laughs> like, what? And he's like, yeah. it, I'm like, it fits in the same jig. It's the exact same size as that They Cascadia, have like a different door but... skin. That's it. But it has the same yeah. shape, the same mounting points, the same hinges, everything. And then uh, Chase brought up, he's like, it even has a freight liner, the trailer brake deal that you can't even, like when you set it, it just goes back up. So how are you supposed to just give it 30 or 40 pounds and go back and check to make sure you don't have any leaks? Mm. And then he's like, oh, well, like we're just finding that the companies aren't asking for that because they're driving with it on. And we're like, what's the difference between the Freightliner Cascadia, like with the switches, the door layout? And he's like, well, it's got a different skin on it. Like everything has a different... Um, like, the dashes are different. Like, all the plastic molding is obviously different. Like, the outside door trim is different. Okay, okay, but the actual structure is a Freightliner. He's like, yeah, 
the actual like the doors in the cab are made on the same chassis as the Freightliner Cascadia. So it's like, I, okay. I, I am so curious Western how Canadians are going to react to this because Western stars are popular up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it it has not been going over well. All I'm going to say is that I've seen a lot of people switching back over to Kenworth now. If, and now Kenworth if, is getting rid of the T800. It's going to be special order. And the W9. And the, they don't even know if they will even make the C500 anymore. Do you know yeah. how little C500s are actually sold? This blew my mind. Guess how many uh, C500 Kenworths Kenworth sells per year? Uh, 15,000. Uh, between 60 to 80 trucks per year of that month. What? Yeah. You're messing with me. Nope. So now they make them in a... Sorry, sorry, Ted. But like, you think about like, like any major company in the area, like any heavy haul company's got a new new one, and that's in Manitoba. Like, you're, you're, what you're sixty to eighty. Yeah, and he said straight up. I'm like, well, I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I know companies like Grand Prairie that buy like and have sixty yeah. per company, and the, he's like, ninety five, ninety eight percent of our truck sales are all um, Western Canada. He's like, you guys are the only ones. He's like. Alberta buys all of our C500s we make. Basically, and if they don't go there, they either go they go overseas. Yeah, uh, Saudi Arabia buys four or five. He's like Saudi Arabia buys four or five per year. Everything else goes to Alberta. And essentially, what they're saying is, we want to limit the production capacity of these low volume truck sales so that we can increase. The plastic trucks where our bread and butter is exactly what I got from me. It's so crazy going to the show because, like, there's so much to cover. Like, I don't even know that we can talk about it in an hour long podcast. We've been stuck on like two truck booths for the last 20 minutes. I I know, but it's it's just mind boggling. Like, there's so many things we've learned, like the inner workings we're poking and prodding. Like, oh, here's an interesting one. You know why Mm -hmm. Kenworth, when we always said, like, Kenworth is known as like the vocational truck guys, you know. And we asked him, like, Kenworth doesn't really seem to care about vocational trucks anymore. And I'm like, like, how come they don't really, like, do these things that make sense for vocational? And he's like, honestly, we don't care about vocational trucks because I could name at least three companies off the top of my head, dry van companies. Each one of those companies buys more trucks than all of the vocational trucks they sell put together. Like, one company buys more dry van trucks from Kenworth than all of the vocational trucks they all sell. Yeah. You remember the 80s and 90s? Like, like I don't know the 80s, but like at least the like you see cement mixers and stuff. They would be in the Kenworth chassis. For, you know, they would always be Kenworth and Peterbilt, stuff like that. And now a lot of them are going to like the international and the like these weird yeah. Sterling and like just these weird that's what, that's what I like about Edison though is like we are like we want to be like the vocational the logger the heavy hauler like we want to be the specialty trucks the steering wheel holder trucks not our priority well and that's funny is like the C500 is literally built by hand because they build so few C500s that they build every single one by hand they weld up the like the steel fenders the hood all gets built and pressed by hand so the best build quality Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then people mm. are like, how are you going to compete with Kenworth? And it's like, well, they sell 60 to 80 trucks per year. I feel like we can make a dent in that 60 trucks a year market. You know what I found out? Western Star dropped their version of the C500 now. 
they don't even make theirs. They discontinued the it was the sixty nine hundred at the sixty nine X at Western Star. Mad disappointing. Yep, they don't won't even make it. They didn't sell enough to warrant continuing it. So when Western Star took over their body, they got rid of it. Because like I think of like any big company I know that has a few heavy hauling trucks, they all have these massive like tri drives and shit. Even in Manitoba, even in Manitoba, like you're saying, there's only sixty eight getting sold. That seems crazy to me. Well, I mean, you think about it. Per it, the one of the issues is is that you buy a C five hundred and you keep it for twenty thirty years. That's true. Well, and like, and, and I don't know if they're putting emissions on these C five hundreds or not, but if they are, that's definitely hindering sales because they're going to keep them for twenty or thirty years and they're not going to be reliable. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, I mean, everybody else deletes it. In Alberta, you're legally allowed to delete your emissions. That's you can remove way. all of that Yeehaw. in Alberta. Um, uh, question. Um, Bobcat booth, big, big on the electric this year, showing it off there. And did you guys have a chance to stop in there? Yeah, had a look. It was okay. Uh, but did you, cat. did you bug the salesman? I like the idea of the Bobcat electric, but did you bug the salesman? We, like, we hey. talked to a few booths. One of them had a plywood version of the thing they were trying to sell. It was an electric skid steer. And hey, we do we do plywood versions, tread lightly. Tend- no, but it was it was all futuristic. Look, it was pretty cool. But like I was asking him about like the batteries and you oh, know because poor person is like Ted. Ted was really good at r- racking the grilling questions, but this girl was like very like a German company. Didn't speak English. She's like, I'm I'm sorry, I sales. I don't know the uh, technical things. Well, well let, let's and let's Ted's like. The- Battery voltage drain rate when left in storage mode. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Yeah. So you get an electric. Uh, okay, uh, I I almost actually got sued the other day by a company. About you remember about the zip tie video I made about this um, with the with the snap binder. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I called it a. Um, uh, the term I use in the video is actually a company. They make those ratcheting, uh, the binders where you put your impact gun on and they contacted me with a cease and desist and made me remove all that stuff. What? No way. Yeah, yeah. because they were, they were getting emails because at, people were asking why they had to get these special zip ties for their products. And I was like, oh my God. Those were slam latch binders. And I called it, I just, I made the term up in my head, not thinking about it, but I didn't realize it was an actual product. What term did you call it? Uh, Okay, so this is a registered trademark. I have nothing to do with it. I'm only doing this for demonstration purposes. It was called a speed binder. (laughs) And the problem was, is my video come up on Google when people use their, that term and was out, my video had outdone their entire 10 years of sales, my video had more searches than them. That's okay. Oh, oh. You know what's ridiculous is when companies do that, like, I, I, I get it. Like, they're having conflicts, emails. They probably want to stop that. But don't go after the cease and desist. Reach out to you and no, no, say, No, 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 hey, this guy. So this guy was the owner, inventor, and he was super cool. He articulated it. And he's like, mm-hmm. listen, I have to do this. And he's like, this is all the proper. He, he just said, this is all the legal mumbo jumbo, blah, 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 blah. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying, get you to do TikToks. Be like, hey, guys. So, no, I, I don't, but this, this, like, is where, this, is, this is where I'm getting. So there was a phone number on there and I called the guy and I'm like, what's going on, dude? Cause like, I've been down this road before. Like, 
do we really want like i was like i get it i just need you to like explain to me we talked for about an hour i get it i was like listen i'm part of the trucking industry last thing i want to do is hinder a small business if you feel it's hindering i said seventeen thousand likes on a video to me isn't nothing i'll delete the videos whatever we got to talking and it was cool because because of that video i networked with this guy now they're sending me a bunch of their products and i'm gonna actually get to check them out and go try them out so i've been wanting to check these speed binders out for a long time Cause there's a, you know, but it was just, it's just kind of, it's just kind of crazy how all this stuff works. Like it's just, yeah. Cause I'm saying with like that, if he, if you, if it's really that much of a hit, say a negative way, still you like that guy's got to use that. At like, the end yeah, of the day, got, my video yeah. was fucking up their searches. So people were seeing my videos and I was naming their product and before people would search it and their stuff would come up. So I overtook them on Google. And I think that what the problem was. I could yeah. I, I could see that being annoying as a small business. But I, being in my position and I, I'm not here to hinder small business. Like like I want to encourage and help them thrive. So like if someone reaches out to me and says this is causing a problem, I messed up by using that name. I have to lick my wounds and carry on. Yeah. No, I'm glad they're sending you stuff though, because yeah, he should use this opportunity to connect with you to get some stuff going for himself which it seems like well, he's he like he's like he's had issues in the past for people like try to rip his product off or you know the same kind of thing and then like like he's like people just get argumentative we have to go through all this bullshit and he's like he's just he was like appreciative that i handled it that way and i was like you know what there's just there's no point in making it something that it doesn't need to be i messed up right and wrong is right and wrong and at the end of the day it's just cut and dry yeah um okay you guys skipped over my bobcat boot thing i really sorry sorry no, 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 that's, that's a lot of bad. I can't, I can't see them. They said it's got like eight hour runtime on a job, maybe seven. I can't remember what they said. Not Why continuous. So, so when they when they say an eight whoa, hour, whoa, whoa, whoa. everyone's talking at once. Sorry, sorry. Oh, um, we skipped over the Bobcat booth. They didn't have, yeah, they did some electric, but like we spent probably a good five, six hours at the Caterpillar booth going over their electric yes. equipment. So we know a lot oh, more from that. I can't rip on Cat. I wanted to rip on Bobcat. <laughs> Well, so, so I was going back to the Bobcat though. Like when they say eight hours of runtime, it's not eight hours of continuous runtime. It's an eight-hour shift. Eight yes. hours of your normal. Because you know you're not you're not operating the equipment for eight hours solid. Out of an eight-hour shift, it might have three hours of idle time. It might have mm-hmm. X amount so hours and twenty percent time. It does How much full, work at full hydraulic load. And what okay. they say is like half the time, like booming your equipment down doesn't use any power. It's just coming down. It's not really like using like most of the things you do with the machine aren't really taking a lot of power. It, so it's eight hours of running it. But if you were to run something like something that's going to be just using power all damn day full out, you'll get four hours out of it. Like if you're running like some kind of a special attachment or head or where it's really demanding yes. the whole power. It's, that, how does the attachments work? Because like they don't run. It's an electric hydraulic. over hydraulic. They, they high... Oh, they uh, have yeah. a pump in it. Yeah, there's yeah. still hydraulics in it. Well, no, the, is really the, Bobcat... the only one that does the the electric okay. actuators. Everybody else went hydraulic, and I I kind of get that. I kind of get that too. I don't Hydraulics know are faster and more reliable right now. Like the, uh, you know, we, saw, sound we, saw, awful. we saw a banner for a, an electric actuator for a 30 ton. Was it a 30 ton actuator? 30 ton. Yeah. For electric yeah, I was impressed. I, I honestly would, I, I want to go back and find them and reach out to them because I would love to see one of them working. 
Yeah, absolutely. Should have taken a picture. But and we learned a lot. So a lot of these people saying, well, electric doesn't make sense because yada, yada, yada. It I makes more my... sense than a lot of people think. But I'll let Chase carry this. Yeah, for sure. It's um, best way to describe it is so you got a 12 hour day, you get eight hours of runtime and basically you walk your excavator and you plug it in on site to a diesel generator. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're still using a diesel generator. So they've got these rectifier boxes that the excavator can pack around, little diesel chargers, whatever. And you can back three excavators into these things or three long lines and plug your excavators in. And you can charge three, four excavators at the exact same time with one diesel generator running for an hour. So you guys, you work for, you know, a six hour, you work six hours, you plug it in for an hour. And you will get another six hours to seven hours of runtime off of it. So you that's what they were saying, like eighty percent in thirty minutes or something like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you go for lunch, and you by the time your lunch break is done, your diesel generator charged up your machine, and you go back to work again. But so yeah. but, but aside from all that, it, 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 what a lot of people, what I didn't realize, and what I learned is the politics of electric machines. So it, very vaguely, without too much detail but just to explain to people like you know there's a lot of places like say la or san francisco for example or new york you go to bid on a job they want to know that a percentage of your fleet is electric whether you're going to use that equipment on that job doesn't matter you just have to have it yeah that's or you can't or you can't come you can't beat yeah or you can't bid on that job if you don't have that electric excavator or whatever your your price your price with those larger bids is is Number one, but number two, and it goes down from there, is they have a point system, and it's crazy. It goes off safety, which that makes sense. Goes off safety, past history, ethnicity, and now it's going to be electric equipment too. And it's like that point system, they grade you on that as well. So guys are losing bids out where they might be two hundred grand cheaper, but oh, you need to have two electric skid steers. Oh, you don't have that. Oh, we're going to pay someone else two hundred grand more. It's ridiculous that that's that's a thing. But you know, like, like, so where a lot of these things make sense, like these smaller equipments, like uh, sometimes you might have a warehouse where there's some new company bought it. And they got to tear out the concrete and dig trenches and redo all this stuff and re-pour the slab. You know, if you have an electric excavator and they're doing that stuff, you're reducing the amount of noise pollution. You're reducing the amount of pollution inside the building. You're reducing the need for ventilation. In, in certain niche scenarios, I can actually see where electric completely makes sense. Well, I don't disagree with that. It's just the fact that it's on contracts is like, oh. I there, there's so, but there's so many more things. Like when when you go somewhere and you just have regular people and you're like electric excavator and they get, oh no no no, I gotta have a diesel one. The electric, stupid. You know they don't. They're just thinking of it like a. They've seen a Tesla catch on fire once. All electrics are stupid. You know, like they're not thinking about the. They're, they're, they're not thinking about the politics and the money and the like the all the way around everything involved with these things. Like there's so much to it. And I learned so much talking to these people. Like everything makes so much more sense to me now. It's there's some very interesting things going on in that world. And it's 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 actually it's really cool. And some of the part that drives me nuts is that people don't understand that. Just because it's not for one thing doesn't mean it doesn't work for another thing. My best example is people think that, well, that machine doesn't work for my application, so it won't work for any application. 
and the way to really get people to think is like there's not solutions anymore somebody you know you're logging out in the middle of nowhere there's literally no chargers and all the machines are far away from each other pure diesel that's the way to do it you're doing 14 hour 15 hour days well that got you thinking what if you know remember what we were talking about about the like solar chargers yeah uh that was one of those things that i was going to bring up in a bit but those little uh, mini holes, you know how much power they use? It's 35 kilowatts per day. Our That's solar it. light tower, in an eight-hour day, our solar light tower will produce that per day on a sunny day. 20 to so 30. Many... Yeah. That's crazy. So I was thinking, I'm like, you could literally pack around in your pickup truck a little solar light tower. You could park it on site. You could do your work with it for you know a good six hours seven hours while the solar's recharging plug in get enough power to go get you through the rest of the day bring back home with your solar light tower plug it into the shop hook onto it in the morning like you do a tidy tank it's just no different than fueling it instead of fueling it at the end of the day you park your little solar light tower next to the your little mini excavator you go grab lunch while it's recharging recharges it's 80 percent in 30 minutes and then you just go back home, and instead of fueling up your tidy tank at the end of the day, you just plug your light tower in. You're just yeah, packing and, and, it around. And 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 with the whole thing of like, if it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for anybody. Cats taking well, I don't want to say cat, but like the, the big yellow iron company is taking. Sorry, I'm a little scarred from this uh, one guy trying to sue me. Is um, <laughs> taking a unique approach, and I'm not saying it like like from what I this is just from what I understand is they're only allowing certain electric equipments to go into rental for certain things. Like they're not going to let someone rent it that it's obviously not going to work for because they don't want someone to rent it that shouldn't have it and have a negative um, yeah. and that's experience with it. Like they, they want to control where it goes to make sure it's in the proper environment for what it is and the crazy thing is them willing to admit that it's not a hundred percent there but this is where we're starting and companies like cat and these big hyundai and whatever they're going to be the ones to kind of front run this stuff because they got the money for the research and development yeah now now i i do question things because i yeah i'm all for electric clearly and i love the idea the mini hole awesome I just do get scared because we've been lied to so many times by these big companies, especially the most recent things, the Ford Lightning having absolute trash capabilities. Like, are these out there getting tested and used right now, cold weather environments, or do we just not know that yet? It's a uh, slow yeah, rollout. Actually, it's, 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 it's running a bunch up in Norway in the cold weather environments, believe it or not. And they have Norway. been doing good. Yeah, they've been doing well, I, Yeah. So I, I, one I, of the thing is that I really need to emphasize a lot of people hear crappy things about batteries in cold weather now lead acid and they get the two things confused so lead acid batteries absolutely terrible in cold weather the cold will drain the capacity of a lead acid cold does not drain the capacity though of lithium ion but the downside of lithium ion lithium ion is that it will not charge in um if it's you won't, and you won't, it, it, I believe it. The cold does something to the chemistry and doesn't allow it to output or input as much. But it, it outputs fantastic. It's the input for the chemistry. You cannot charge the lithium ion cells if they're below zero. So it takes a ton of power just to warm those batteries up. And then where you, you run into the range in a car and why the car doesn't do well 
is because you're running a heat and a heat the running just your heat for your cabin is using almost as much power as dry, driving the car. That's why people think that you're like, yeah, the batteries only perform half as much in the cold. No, the batteries are performing just as well. You're just asking the batteries to do twice yeah. the work. So that's, that's, take, that's take, that, take that small Caterpillar loader, for example, that was right next to the uh, excavator. They straight up just didn't put climate controls in it because they're like you're you're not going to operate this like if it's too hot open the window and if it's just it's it's not feasible to put that in there i get i, I get that i'm just you know that is a, a problem like we can't just especially in you know these cold weather climates and then then that brings us to application maybe it's not meant for these areas but it's just like well, oh, you don't you yeah, know your, 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 your range isn't as good well hey we, you know i still gotta run the heat like so, so with the whole climate thing, like it's funny because I was actually reading a bunch on this uh, a few months ago, and uh, one of those companies had a remote where you can like uh, like drive the truck from a remote or whatever while you're slinging rock. But I turned the remote over and pulled the battery out. It's a NIM battery, and I go, I'm talking to the sales rep, and I'm like, I'm curious. I said, I know everything's lithium ion, but I've uh, are they using these because they have better cold weather properties? Like, oh yeah, these NIM batteries work a lot better in the cold and blah 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 and I was laughing. Yeah. But no, it, it, there's a lot. And it, it's going to be a lot of education about the electric and on the equipment side going forward. And it, the one thing is very clear. We will never be able to go full electric with the technology we have anytime soon. But there are absolutely fantastic applications where some electric does make sense or where diesel electric makes sense. Yeah, no, hey, hey. I'm all That's for the that. biggest takeaway. And I love the way you put it, the medium value. I just hate both sides of it, where someone's like, oh, you can't go electric, blah, 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 blah. And then the other side, we're like, oh, like, it's perfect. We love this. It works awesome. Like, where they're lying to you about the capabilities. I like the medium value, especially like you mentioned with the loader, um, having non-climate control. They're just saying, hey, like, we can't feasibly do this right now for a good runtime, so we're just not going to. I don't I don't mind that. It wouldn't be as comfy, but I like that they're just being honest. Yeah. You know how much yeah. idle time the like average equipment has? Oh Tons. my gosh, most of the shift. Like, like it's, it's, it's over fifty percent of the time it is idle time on most of the, especially rental equipment is horrible because people just leave it running with the AC on, so it keeps their lunch cold. Yeah, I do that all the time. I do. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I do. But why? Why would you not? <laughs> Yeah, but that, but see, that's see, that's what got me thinking. Okay, they're they're testing in what they consider real world conditions, but. What happens when you have a greasy operator? That's your term for super trucker, by the way. For greasy, operator. Operator. Yep, greasy operator that wants to run the AC. It's uh, uh, cold enough to fr- almost freeze your water all day long, whether he's doing something or not. Mm. I you can know, so- my truck in the summer to get my AC going early. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. That's fair. I, I get that. You know, like take where take where uh, you guys live and where I live. Like, there's times where we go to haul equipment. I show up, I have to start it up and put it on half throttle, and let it warm up so that the windows can unthaw, so I can see, so that I can load it on the trailer. And it's it has to run for thirty minutes just so I can spend two minutes loading it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna listen. We're getting to an hour here. Uh, we should probably just go into some of our funniest stories to round out the podcast. Do it up. Uh, one of my top ones. Uh, 
has to be remember when I flipped the Kamatsu haul truck in the simulator? <laughs> Can you do that? How do you do that? Yeah, no, yeah, he wasn't gonna win, so he just drove it off the side of a cliff in the simulator, and well, the lady no, about panicked. Wasn't gonna win. It was that okay. Ted did it. Sandy did it. And Ted's like, I do this for a living. The guy yells out, hey, everybody, this guy does it for a living. <laughs> Hilarious. Gets a whole attention. I'm doing it. I flawlessly execute this chicane, traffic cone chicane. And I studied this map when Sandy does it. You had to do it another five under five minutes, and you win a $25 gift card to the gift store. And yeah. Sandy gets like just 10 seconds over the five minutes. Ted was like seven minutes because he hit a lot of shit, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> I was studying this map and I noticed that there's this big bank and I'm like, okay, you go down like this switchback in the mountains. And I'm like, I bet if I just straight shot this switchback <laughs> after, after I go through the traffic cones, I turn a hard lefty. We just straight shot this switchback. I'll save time, end up right at the unloading zone. No, you just mm -hmm. roll it. Turns out I I literally front front flipped like a seven nine seven haul truck apparently. But when I did that, like I'm like I'm making a left. The guy running the simulator, I don't know what he did, but he like panicked. He's like, no, 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 and he runs out in front of the simulator like he's trying to stop me, waving his arm, saying no. Yeah. Okay, so this is where we find out that's in Australia, radio controlled haul truck. You just took off a road. Yeah, it's in a mine yeah, where they're working. Like, yeah, you actually are running one. And yeah, you are running one right now. They're trying to get cheap labor for the day. And you just wrecked the home truck. Well, yeah, it's funny because like they had these booths where the hunt or you know some of these had the booths where you could remotely run the equipment. You know, and it was all like it was well controlled and like you could barely do anything but crawl forward and back and maybe lift a bucket. It but a it's just it's funny though because stuff. like. You get these guys with these fixed wing radio controlled aircrafts, and they put the uh, the the SIM card adapter on them, and then they turn around and fly them remotely, like 40, 50 miles. And it's like it's not that impressive. Like we've got people doing this in their homes with different stuff already. You guys are just a little late to the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it makes we, sense for some applications, but I ha I had a con expo question for you guys. Sorry to jump yeah. jump again. Um, I, I just have to ask that giant telehandler thing. The tracked one. Do you guys see that up close? Oh yeah. yeah, that was sweet. That thing was sweet. I don't even know what you like. It's almost too big to use on most job sites, but dang, girl, that thing's sweet. So what? What you would use that for is if you have an unconventional job site that doesn't have a stable road, and you need to lift or get someone up high. That you know, the tracks. I think everything can independently move to level the machine. So like, I, I could see in a very niche market but i don't see that thing getting rented out every day well okay what well, well, i like we with the company i contract with in the winter it's bridge building company all the sites are super rough and rocky half the uh, concrete we're setting is usually 25 to twenty eight thousand pounds like the bridge girders know but like wing walls pile caps i'm like this thing could like be a boss on the job site like honestly though one of like the tracked excavator cranes Probably mm -hmm. do the same thing just as well. Right it would there. be, but you wouldn't be able to move as much. Like you couldn't, like the you still got the fork application of the of the like you can, like I, like honestly you could probably pick up a bridge girder. But I get it, the tracked excavator uh, with the crane is nice, but you don't need to be a crane operator on the telehandler. 
You that know is true. One of the most bullshit things, though, is that they had a giant, giant telehandler with a man lift. They would not let you go up in the bucket. They're like, it's got 350 feet of reach. We're like, can we go up in it? And he's like, no. Yeah, what about the entire safe. garden of raised implements that you can walk under? Oh, yeah. yeah that was funny. Fire. Like, yeah. everywhere you're like, always park with your bucket on the ground. Make sure. And meanwhile, they got all these buckets hanging out over the road at like two feet above head height. Like, if you're a tall guy, you would have to duck for some of these excavators. And they're like, yeah, no worries. Let the children play under them. That's funny. They got to be locked out safe. I don't know. We looked to see if there was any kind of lockout thing, like, on the cylinders. Like, there was the cylinders weren't locked out. Like, they didn't have those little metal bars you put on the... Like, if you blow a hydraulic line or a fitting goes, and they're always like, well, they're brand new machines. And it's like, okay, but, like, you've never seen something go wrong with something that was brand new? Well, it's funny because, like, if you go to some of these uh, rental outfits in big cities where there's not a lot of room, that's what they, they store the implements with them up like that, like, especially all the man lifts. And that way they can cram them in there because they don't have the room to lower them down and keep them stored like that. So I kind of got thinking about it afterwards and I was like, eh, it's kind of a standard practice, but yeah. like, but it was on one of the digger girls videos and like she noticed like a truck driver like backing over something like parked her machine and she left the bucket like three, four feet off the ground and the amount of comments she got was like, you can't leave your bucket hanging off the ground. I would fire you if you ever left your bucket not on the ground. Like a real operator would put his bucket yeah. down. It's like, like that's not safe. And it's like, what are you even talking about? You literally go to all these places and all their buckets are in the midair. Hers is a job site by herself hanging two feet off the ground, and you guys are losing your mind. Like, grow a pair. I, I hate that one too because I'll leave. I'll leave like sometimes just cause like right above the ground, like just hovering. You might be six, eight inches, and someone come over. You know, you should put that thing flat on the ground. It's like why? Tell me why right now. Well, someone could go under. Why would you go under that bucket right now? Tell me why you put yourself under that bucket right now, besides it, trying to hurt yourself. Bucket. If you have a bucket that's like a foot and a half off the ground, yeah, and somebody decides, you know, what would be a great place to have a nap is directly under that bucket. They deserve it. They yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Gene pool. That's not a place to have a nap. Well, one oh, one other one. I wrapped up one time and put my boom up high and put put towards the bank. So if it like was to fail, it's just gonna roll against the bank. Not even hurt the stick, like the lines. Like, it would have been fine. And someone was like, "Yeah, you can't do that." And I was like, "Like, cause, cause why?" And like, well, I'm the supervisor. He's like, "Oh, okay, I'll go put it down." But you're a muppet. Like, you're not right here. And you know, like, and so the places where I work, like they're so bad, they literally chalk tracked equipment i could believe that i would believe that tracking equipment majorly nice for logistics though so, i know, mean if it's, if it's got a blade or rippers nice. you put it on the ground there's no absolutely no reason you need to put chalks down no shake it's... shake shake hands of danger oh you know i gotta say we uh one of the other highlights of the trip getting to hang out with sandy and amy both incredibly incredibly nice people like, yes. If you haven't followed him yet, bigger girl, flat out, flat broke Sandy, incredibly like just a genuine nice couple. Sandy didn't follow me back on TikTok, so yeah, he's dead to me. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll go tell him that you need to follow him. I'm pretty sure he does follow me, but he DM'd him one time. He didn't reply, so I was like, oh, this guy, this guy. <laughs> oh, oh, one of my other favorite things that not really do with Con Expo, but Vegas itself. Vegas sucks, by the way. Don't go to Vegas. It's yeah, you were saying that. Yeah, it sucks. Like why, if you why? go to like Shenzhen, China, like 
we were talking like I got bus service, like drinks for like nothing. You go to Vegas, and you're like thirty dollars Canadian gets you a beer. That's it. That's that makes actually so much sense that like something like that being so overhyped for so long that it's just like oh they expect the standard, so you don't actually have to give the standard. Kind of like how Tim Hortons the servers really down there, the servers in the casinos are union, so they're getting like. 26 or 30 dollars an hour so that's why uh, your margarita costs 15 dollars us for a basic one and if you want one with actual like a decent amount of alcohol you're gonna be 20 dollars plus a tip for a but, margarita you know, i call bullshit on that because if you go to places in europe and all like you know anywhere in western europe all the services in that because they don't really have tipping there's no tipping but all the servers make about $20, $25 per hour to be a waiter, waitress in Europe. And the drinks over there, you can still go get a beer for $3. You can go get a, a cocktail for $10. Like, it's not. We, we spent, deep, what, like three hours walking around trying to find a single place to have a drink that night? Yeah, if you don't gamble, there's just nothing to do. And it's it kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> that was one of my favorite, uh, favorite end stories of it is... Ted ends up going to a gay bar and then the next day immediately like or the day after types out a big long uh, Facebook post about how he can no longer support Republicans. I'm like, geez, Ted, you go to a gay bar once. And oh, my God. Like, you oh, were yeah. there too, fucker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hear me out on this. And I think Ted can back me up, hopefully. Um, gay bars actually aren't that bad. But like. We went out to there. Everyone was friendly. Everyone kind of left you alone. Like, we just sat in our booth. The waiters came by, asked, you know, the standard thing. And the drinks there, so we were paying, like, $25, $30 on the strip. All the drinks there were 4 or $5. They had all-you-can-drink beer for $10. We, we, we literally got in a Uber. We're just like, take us to a bar, and that's where they took us. We're at that point, after walking around for three and a half hours, like from casino to casino, it was just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to yeah. drink. Take us to a dive bar somewhere that's open at like one o'clock in the morning. Like we, it's our last night. It's me, Ted, Sandy. And he's like, uh, this is like uh, an LGBT bar. Is that okay? <laughs> and we're like, ah, oh, whatever. Don't care. The look on Sandy's face, he was like, what the fuck? And he's like, I'm fuck it. Let's go. Like, We've been after walking around for I'm, like this is what happened. Like, fever. We don't care. We will like take we a drink just anymore. wanted alcohol and like it was just like you they know what walking what? around like Vegas strip so stringy. We went to this place. The waitress was just walking around giving out free shots. Like open your mouth and I'm pouring a shot. We're yeah. Like, what? Like spent all the drinks in there. I think spent twenty bucks. Like that wouldn't even get you. We had like four, five, six drinks, and I think I spent like twenty, thirty dollars. And yeah. that barely gets a drink on the strip. So, like, at the end of the day, we're like, man, that is, uh, that that was actually kind of the way to go. And I never thought we really would have said that. But, like, you got to admit, Ted, that was a good time. Hey, hey, no judgment here, boys. 2023, do what you want with each other. Um, we, we all looked at each other. We're like, you know what? What better way to end Vegas than just, like, fuck it? Because, like, it was just, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like if you were starved and you walk into a restaurant that – you're like, you know, I'm fucking eating here. I don't give a shit. Like, it's just like, for two days. like, like the basic yeah. thing is the equivalent is like, you haven't eaten for two days and you go into a restaurant and you find out the guy working at the counter is gay. You don't care. You're still going to order a burger. And if you're like, oh yeah, by the way, this burger is way better and way cheaper than any of the other burgers around here anywhere. You're like, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. The, the funniest yeah, part was fair, some yeah. uh, lady couple just came up to me and handed me their dog while they went out and danced. And like, I'm, I was, remember, I was there holding was a dogs dog. in this car. Like, yeah, there was like a little poodle. The They're just like, here, hold my what dog. And I'm just poodle? like, okay. And like for like thirty minutes, I'm just we're just sitting down drinking, and I'm I'm holding this lady while she goes dance with her girlfriend. Like I'm just holding this dog, and I'm just like, okay, cool, you know what, fuck it. Like I've never been to a bar where they just like hand you a puppy, and they're like, oh, okay, like because they're all yeah, married and engaged and all that, and it's like we don't want to meet girls, so it's like, well, we just ended up sitting in a private little booth. They would come around and take a drink order. Like they had normal waitresses, like you would expect anywhere else. Yeah, couple waiters, couple waitresses, and like overall, it was, it was a good experience overall. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, I'm, 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 that was weird, but I, I'm yeah. Get, get there. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a nod from the old lady. I uh, better wrap this up before she beats me. Um, it, anything. It, all I'm gonna say notes. is that it was super funny that we went there, and then two days later. Ted made a post about how he doesn't like the Republican Party. No, 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 no. That's and because of the gay bar That's because that's because of the ignorance of Congress, and like literally the questions they were asking the CEO, the TikTok CEO was like, "We are going to comply. We will. We are keeping your okay, information yeah. on American soil. We are doing all this stuff." And then they're just like they're strong arming him and trying to make all the boomers pissed off. And yeah. it's just I, hold up, God. hold up, hold up. I don't want them to ban TikTok as much as the next guy. I'm not supportive of that. But that dude was lying through his teeth the whole time. The CEO, like, not a thing he's ever do. I don't it's, imagine it's all verifiable information. It's not true. It's not true. China doesn't even own sixty percent of TikTok. Is owned globally. Yeah, yeah that's what they tell you. They own That's that's public information. Anybody can go out and find it. Hold on. Any, anything, anytime they promote public information that much, it's because the numbers are not. Okay, I'm going to tell you something right now. And I don't want to get too much into politics. I know you have to wrap this up. But what scares me more than that is the Republicans and Democrats working together. <laughs> That's, a good That's the problem, okay? They haven't been yeah. this tight since the Jeffrey Epstein stuff. Well, what made well, me so and here's the too- problem. If they really cared, they would put out blanket rules that protected people's privacies for all social media companies. They're like, I was just going to say that. People's privacy and I'm not, and I'm not going to like liberalism. I'm just like, I'm done with Republicans. I'm done with Democrats. So I'm going to be independent yeah. or whatever. You, I no. just don't want to associate with them no more because they're fucking fake motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. And that's what was making me so mad with the TikTok thing is I think the guy's lying through his teeth. There's some stuff they're not telling us. However, that's every social media company. You think Facebook's not robbing every bit of information they can from you? Facebook you, is like, how yeah, dare you steal their information? And we, that's our information to steal. Oh, do you guys remember exactly. what happened the last time that the U.S. government forced a Chinese company to sell out its social media? Like with Grindr? China or the U.S. Okay, man. What do you want, Jake? No, no, no. This is this is a a story that shows like the U.S. really didn't care about people's privacy. So what they did is they they was grinder. We all know that app. Whatever. Some more than others, Ted. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding. But uh, what they did is they forced the sale of grinder from a Chinese company to a U.S. company, citing people's privacy. And what happened was, is that the U.S. company then turned around, they sold all the information on its users to the Catholic and, Mo- and or Mormon church and be like, so like, hey, here's all your priests or members of your congregation. 
who are on Grinder. You should probably do so. Like the Catholic Church, they, yeah, clearly, like we need to protect out. people's privacies on this sensitive app. Sell it to an American company, they can then sell it out to the church. It's like you did not care about people's privacies. This yeah. is just China did something, and you weren't making money off of it, so you were mad. No, that's, that's exactly that is what that is. All of it. That's what, yeah, that's what the guy was lying through his teeth, but also the people asking the question, it's Congress. Like, I don't believe him either. Like, they're both just liars asking him fake questions. Like, it, it's useless information. You're not going to get anywhere. Oh, it's, it's all about something that we don't know about. If they really wanted to do it, it's just, if you really want to care about people's privacy, just make laws that say, hey, you can't collect this information from people. And if we notice you do it, you get shut down. Like, just make a law that says that. Hey, all social media companies, you can't gather this information from these people at all. You're just not allowed yeah. to collect this data. You're not allowed to keep it. Like, why are they like, well, we keep the data here. We keep the data here. We don't give the data here. How about you're just not allowed to collect the data, but they don't want to do that because they actually don't give a shit about the data. And I guarantee you, if TikTok was owned by a U.S. company, they wouldn't care because somebody would be lobbying Congress. There's a member, the these, these politicians in the United States have a lot of personal money invested through into meta and the only way to make sure that facebook succeeds is to get rid of the competition but the scary part is the bill they're trying to pass pretty much allows the united states government to pillage any digital information they are making it punishable by crime to use a vpm to access banned applications 10 years in prison and like 12 million dollars in fine or some shit like that yeah. i can't remember it's and what are they so worried about there's i don't, I don't know, know. boys I'm, 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 I'm yeah okay I'm better than but anyways it was a good trip it was a vegas was incredibly productive for edison we made a lot of great contacts mm. con expo was 10 out of 10 vegas negative 3 out of 10 okay, i think we can wrap it good. up there thanks for coming on ted yep okay talk to you boys later Bye. all right later